Hey, thanks for listening to the Daily Walk podcast. Just want to remind you that if you have any questions, any thoughts, any comments, or any prayer requests, you can go online to the Boulder Church website, which is at boulder.church. Send them along. We'd love to hear from you. Otherwise, look after each other and live love. Good morning. It is Wednesday, August 14. Welcome to Daily Walk. I'm Becky de Oliveira. And I'm Japheth de Oliveira. And uh, it is, of course, the middle of the week, mm. which is always a, a pivotal moment. I love it. Uh, and uh, I think it's fantastic. And so I'm excited for that. Let me pray for today. Heavenly Father, been a good week so far. So many complex things, good things as well. And we ask for your continued blessing in our lives as we open this passage one more time in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Okay, today we have the New Testament for everyone, the NTE, and again, it's Colossians 2, 4 through 15. I'm saying this so that nobody will deceive you with plausible words. Though I'm away from you in person, you see, I am present with you in the Spirit, and I'm celebrating as I keep an eye on your good order and the solidity of your faith in the King. So then, just as you received King Jesus the Lord, you must continue your journey in Him. You must put down healthy roots in Him, being built up brick by brick in Him, and establish strongly in the faith, just as you were taught, with overflowing thankfulness. Subheading, beware of deceivers. Watch out that nobody uses philosophy and hollow trickery to take you captive. These are in line with human tradition and with the, quote, elements of the world, not the king. In him, you see, all the full measure of divinity has taken up bodily residence. What's more, you are fulfilled in him, since he's the head of all rule and authority. In him, indeed, you were circumcised with a special new type of circumcision. It isn't something that human hands can do. It is the king's version of circumcision, and it happens when you put off the, quote, body of flesh, when when you're buried with him in baptism, and indeed also raised with him through faith in the power of the God who raised him from the dead, subheading the law and the cross. In the same way, though you were dead in legal offenses and in the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made you alive together with Jesus, forgiving us all our offenses. He blotted out the handwriting that was against us, opposing us with its legal demands. He took it right out of the way by nailing it to the cross. He stripped the rulers and authorities of their armor and displayed them contemptuously to public view, celebrating his triumph over them in him. Hmm. All right. So uh, we didn't address the question properly yesterday, and we need to do that, and we need to slice and dice uh, the recalibrate question for today as well. So let me uh, raise the question from yesterday because we were in the middle of this this discussion that I think the text really does kind of like push us into that place when you have to define and say, what does it mean to be a follower of Jesus today? What does it mean to have your identity shaped in him? Which is what Paul's saying, look to Jesus and, and not look elsewhere. So live love, love well, be love. Try sharing with a friend today how you've experienced the overflow of your love in your life, and do you believe that you're living in the overflow? Okay, define what the overflow is again. Well, uh, the overflow is basically the, instead of trying to drag up and draw up and, and cause things to happen, it's like you live from abundance. You live from, from real joy in your life, and that's what's living in, uh, that's what it is, is, to live in the overflow. And and I think sometimes we we have, a, like, we have to, I see the glass on the table here, right? So there's a glass in front of me, and are we living from just what's inside that glass, or do we live from the abundance that the glass is just constantly flowing over? And that's, so that it's like drowning the table and the chairs and the floor, and you have to call a plumber. 
Well, Sounds like a problem. That, I'm that kidding. Could be, that could be a I problem. I understand. You get it. All right. I do. Well, I, I think, um, do I think I'm living in the overflow? Yeah, I think more so as I get older. Mm-hmm. I think I'm less um, messed up by kind of petty stuff. Well, I think, I think I focus less on that you know and more on my relationships and, and things. And, and so it's, it, you're stronger in that, in that space. And I think we, we do get to that place a little bit, a little bit better as we get older. Um, but I also think that, I think that it's, it's, is it easier to love when we're older or easier to love when we're young? Is mm, it easier I to I think it's forgive? easier when you're older. Is it easier to forgive when you're older or easier yes. to forgive when you're young? I think it's easier when you're older. I think everything's easier when you're older. I think, I think you have that's more of why, a frame of reference. I think that's why, you know, yeah, like kids when we were small, like I don't know whether this happened to you, but for myself, I remember being friends with somebody when you're like four or five years old, six years old, and, and then one day and the next day not being friends with them and then the next day being best friends with them again. Mm-hmm. And we, we kind of jumped around. Do we do that that quickly? As adults, or do we just not? I think not if we're very mature. If we're very mature, (laughs) so then if we truly are adults, then what we do is we give more latitude. Yeah, I think you understand. Um, You're not not quite as black and white or as judgmental when you're older. You know, children are very, you're good or you're bad, and Mm -hmm, adults mm -hmm. understand that there's a lot more complexity. You've made mistakes yourself, and you you know, and you've seen, you kind of know how things happen, how people can go in a million different directions without necessarily being evil. So if, if, I'm, if I'm a little bit more honest about it, I think that living in the overflow, I wish that it was a constant thing. I think that it's actually easier to be in the overflow when you're not exhausted. Well, when things you're are not, going well, yeah. You're not. And then I, I question, actually, shouldn't we be living in the overflow when we are exhausted? Well, maybe like, we are. It's just your emotions play a lot of tricks on you of making you feel things that maybe are not true you can feel a lot more negative about things um if you're tired or in a bad mood or so, feeling ill or any of those which all of us are like that yeah. we have days where we are not yeah. at our best and so there are certain things that, that uh, i was talking to a friend about this or maybe i was listening to a message uh, that was talking about how we all have routines right we have routines in the morning when we get up or routines at night and we do things in a particular methodical way when they're broken, mm-hmm. how much does that like uh, change the way that our day goes? And sometimes, you know, there's some routines just like, oh, that's just, I'm out of sync on that. And so there's yeah. something about being in the rhythm of certain things. And I think that you can be out of the rhythm with Jesus. You can have like a moment with Christ every day and you can kind of break that rhythm. And, and then the day doesn't go the same. You don't love in the same way. You don't live in the overflow in the same way. And I think that's why it's important to to build these daily uh, rhythms or spaces or places to be able to catch up so that you are in the zone. Maybe this would be a good way for us to somehow link this to Gnosticism and what it looks like today. Oh, yeah, because that, is that, that our, is our actual yeah. question for today. <laughs> I totally forgot about that. I was just carried away with that. All right, so here's our question for today. What does Gnosticism look like today and how do we move from inconsistency to transparency and what are the costs of transparency? Okay, so Thanks Gnosticism is the idea yeah. that you have a body and a spirit and the body is always evil and the spirit is always good and therefore nothing you do with your body really matters. Yeah, it's, is that it's, right? so it's, it's kind of like hedonism? It's a, te- it's a teaching be? from Plato uh, where he had kind of divided up 
the body and, and the humanity, the human being into this two things. And then they developed and they were just kind of birthing this at this time. And so now, was this specifically years, related to Christianity no. or was it something going alongside? No. But it influenced the Christians because Paul well, was worried about it. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, Paul knew. He had the kind of foresight and insight to to kind of sense that this is actually where they were leading to these teachings, these these things that he said, look, they sound like plausible Do we know words. specifically that he was thinking about Gnosticism? Mm-hmm. How do we know that? Historical evidence to add to it. And okay. then later on, John actually unpacks it a little bit more and and the other historical data around the time that talks about this. So that's why he's he's concerned that they are behaving in a particular way. So I take it from your second question that you think that whatever Gnosticism looks like today has something to do with inconsistency well, or lack you, of transparency. If you believe that you, whatever you do in your body doesn't matter because your spirit is good, and your body is not, then then they led, they basically did whatever they wanted in the body. They could beat each other, kill each other, it doesn't matter because your spirit is what's good. If you believe what the Bible, which I believe the Bible teaches, that we are a whole human being, we're not a spirit and, and body separated in this way, but we actually are a whole living being, then it actually matters to be who you are. Oh, okay. I've got it then. I know what Gnosticism looks like today, at least in Adventism. Okay. So that would be splitting the um, kind of following of a certain set of rules or practices and who you really are. Yeah, that would be just... I think that yeah. would be kind of a classic, yeah. like Sabbath observance, being a vegan or vegetarian, mm-hmm. um, thinking certain things. I mean... But not this actually is, believing those or, things or, or following But not through. being um, a loving person, not yeah. being generous or gracious yeah. or full of mercy yeah. or any of those other things. Yeah. So, yeah, to me, that would be an example and of I what our bigger problem is and now. that happens to a, in a lot of areas. Mm-hmm. But I think you're absolutely right about that. That's exactly, yeah, I, I, didn't, I hadn't thought about that, but I, I think you're absolutely right about that. Well, I think one thing that we talked about in the storytelling in Australia last week mm. was um, we were talking about greater transparency in storytelling because what I was saying is one thing that I think makes us self-righteous is that we tell ourselves false versions of our own story. We tell ourselves, you know, very rosy versions of, you know, like the idea that when I was young, I was really well behaved. So what's the matter with kids today? Or, Mm -hmm. you know, my children always sat quietly in church in a row. And it's like, eh, probably if you really think about it, none of those things that you tell yourself are true. I mean, I understand why we like to look back on our lives and think that they were nice. Everybody does that. But I think it can be more useful if you're honest about the mistakes that you've made and the ways in which... You know, you weren't a perfect child, and so you can look at kids now and think, yeah, you don't expect, you understand what it is to be mm-hmm. a little kid and to be noisy and to squish reasons into things and whatever it is that they're doing. You know, so we talked quite a bit about that. I think that can be useful. This question, you have a third question. What are the costs of transparency? Yes. Hmm. Well, I mean, one cost would be that... Um, People judge you harshly, I guess, if you're if there you is are a quite... level. You can only be so transparent and, and the judgment is harsh. Yeah. And and then when you are transparent and you're broken mm-hmm. by somebody else's, you know, view or your own maybe, um, it's tough to admit all that kind of stuff. And I think yes. the truth is that every single one of us are broken when we when we're honest about that, but we we're not capable of admitting all of it. So that's a that's a much harder much harder question. Maybe I mean, we'll... I believe in transparency to a certain extent, but I would advise most people to not be completely transparent about everything. I think <laughs> yeah. that I think is a that, very bad idea. I think people don't know how to um, 
do what God is, when, when God forgives and, and wipes away and forgets, we are not very good with that. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think, okay, you can, you can um, pledge to yourself right now that you will tell yourself the truth mm. to the best of your ability. Mm. That doesn't mean you have to tell everybody else the truth, though. Yeah. <laughs> not everybody deserves the truth yeah. from you, is yeah. what I think, quite yeah. honestly. But That's some true. people do, and so you kind of know when and is appropriate and when is exactly not. That's exactly it. And sometimes you actually need to do that to be yeah. able to, to grow in it. So it, it just depends about how much uh, you do that. So let me uh, repeat the question, and you guys can talk about it, and we'll talk about the question that was for today. What does narcissism look like today? Uh, how do you move from inconsistency to transparency? And what are the costs of transparency? Think about that, look after each other, live love, and we'll connect tomorrow. Thanks for your support for the Daily Walk podcast. Wherever you are in the world, we just want to let you know that we're praying for you and we're glad that you're praying for us too. If you can help us out by giving online, then please go to boulder.church forward slash give and help this ministry actually make an effect on others as well. Keep us in your prayers, look after each other and live love.